You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 25, brought to you by the SB Nation NFL Show. I am your host, Michael Kist, and joining me as always... He's a real football guy guy. It's Kyle Posey. Follow him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Kyle, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. To uh, to help prep for this football guy guy, I actually got out and did some football guy guy things during the weekend and like nuance, detail, coaching stuff for the first time in a long time. You know, just uh, just to change it up a little bit. How is life, Michael Kist? How are you? Wait, wait, explain. Expl- explain that because that's a real FGG thing to do. Ex- ex- explain what you were doing to to really dig into it. So I work with receivers, and this obviously we're talking about defensive guys, but and we're we're talking about details and depths. We're like get on the incepts of your foot and step on their toes <laughs> before you break, like the nerdy stuff that yeah. only like somebody around the game would really truly understand, and nothing that any of the general public cares about, and nothing that they should <laughs> care about. But football guy, guy stuff. I like that. Ste- stepping on the toes, that's definitely an FGG thing to say. And, and look, so you may have noticed from the episode title, from the lead in here, this is part two of our football guy, guys, all-star team, which is a roster consisting of players that me and Kyle think are underappreciated, or they're just like the, the epitome uh, of, a, of a football player that, that you love for whatever reason, whether they're a big-time smack talker or they're real physical, you know, they love to pancake people, whatever, whatever the case may be. Uh, and we'll, we'll just use the term FGG or the acronym FGG uh, to shorten that up so we don't have to say it a thousand times throughout the show and annoy ourselves and you with it. Uh, since we did offense last week, uh, or, yeah, we did offense last week, we shift focus to the defense this week. But before we get into that, just a quick reminder, subscribe rate, review, tell a friend, do all that in Apple Podcast, and Kyle might just send you a crisp $10 bill as a thank you. No guarantees. We'll see if he has it in his heart to follow through with that. And if I know Kyle, he's got a real heart of gold. Anyway, let's get into the FGG defense, and we will start in the trenches. Kyle, I mentioned Brandon Graham last week, and I'll note that while the guy fell just short of 10 sacks again last week, he's going to be my FGG at one of the Ed's positions here. Uh, by the way, he has not hit 10 sacks in his career, but like he's he's always getting pressure. And by the way, I just noticed I looked at the stat this morning. He was also double teamed on over 20% of his pass rush snaps, which for edge guys is like way up there. That He also tied Miles Garrett in pressures with 56, which was 11th in the league. And he had the second highest run stop win rate among edge defenders. So some data coming there from PFF and ESPN to back up the FGG status of of Philadelphia Eagles edge defender Brandon Graham. And like I mentioned, one of the most keyed in guys that you'll find, super smart player, sniffs out screens and boot actions, all of that stuff really well. Uh, He's also an ox at the point of attack, strip Tom Brady. Flip the bus narrative on its head like we talked about last week after a slow start to his career. Just a super 
chirpy smack talker too, but not not in the way that you think. Like he's super friendly about it. Like he's got a real like uh, rah rah type of uh, smack talk to him. It's not necessarily dirty or anything like that. He's just constantly barking at you. Uh, also a great locker room guy too, so on and so forth. Right, first guy in, last guy out. That's a real FGG thing to say. So that's uh, that's my one of my edge defenders there on the FGG all-star team in the trenches. What about, uh, we'll kick it inside before we go to the ed- other edge. When you look at inside guys, who's the guy that you really like in the middle? First off, that's pretty surprising to hear that Graham hasn't had 10 sacks in the season because it seems yeah. like he has 10 sacks every year. <laughs> um, he is that good. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the locker room talk when we're talking about FGGs because, you know, you got to be the first guy in and the last guy out and beat the coaches that's there. Right. So that's great. I'm going to go... With Shelby Harris from the Broncos, who I believe is a much better player than the general public acknowledges. He's not going to have, you know, many sacks. He has two. He had two and a half sacks this past season. He had 16 quarterback hits, but he wins a ton. And when he does that, he's also playing multiple positions. So on one drive, Shelby Harris could play nose tackle. He could then move over to one technique. He could then play a three tech. He can play wide five. He can do all these things across the defensive line. And that allows the Broncos to come up with all these different type of sim pressures. And, you know, they can even drop a 300 pounder in coverage. It's crazy. So um, Harris is a guy that I would go with when I'm thinking of an interior lineman, just because of versatility he brings to the defense. Yeah, I like him. And I do agree. I think he's uh, super underrated. So I love that pick. If, If I'm going inside, I think a real FGG, DeForest Buckner from the Indianapolis Colts. And look, there's a lot to be said for an interior rusher, a defensive tackle, like Buckner, who at least seven and a half sacks for three years running, the consistency there, the ability to get to the quarterback, super important. I hate I hate the run stuffing 350 pounders, never get up field, just kind of hold their ground. Like that's that's all fun and everything, but like I can I feel like I can get a fat guy just about anywhere at just about any cost. A guy like Buckner is rare. For my money, the Colts got exactly what they were looking for when they sent the 13th overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers for his services in last year's draft. And, and I want to dial back to that trade in a moment before you know we, we can talk about the ramifications for both teams. That really interests me. But what Buckner allows the Colts to do up front is key to the Colts' defense. He is constantly soaking up double teams. So sometimes you'll see him a little bit quiet for a little bit. But when it gets really fun is when the Colts go like three to a side. And get Buckner one-on-one. And and you see this with teams that are really trying to activate their most dominant interior rusher. You see it with Fletcher Cox. You see it with Aaron Donald. Because what I mean by three to a side is you have four defensive linemen down on, down on the trenches there. You're going to put one of them over the center, Buckner to the right of that, and then an edge rusher to the next spot. So you're trying to overload that side of the line to help keep that side clean. The Colts will bring somebody like Darius Leonard, their linebacker to like sugar, you know, the left side of the a gap or around that area to prevent a full slide or delay the slide or whatever the case may be. And sometimes Leonard will sim pressure, you know, he'll step forward and back out or he'll come on a, on a blitz. But this, what this does is it isolates Buckner in that matchup typically with a guard, and it's one that he can regularly win. The guy is violent, he's strong, he's quick for a size of 300 pounds. He's going to be consistent in those situations, as well as being a guy who can reset the line of scrimmage in the run game. And, and Kyle, I said I wanted to dial back to that trade that brought him to Indianapolis. You, you look at trading away Buckner as a 49ers guy that you are. We know that they take South Carolina defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw with that slight trade back at 14th overall. I was a Kinlaw guy. 
I was a big fan of him, you know, coming into the draft. In fact, he was my DT1 over Derek Brown because I liked his projection as a pass rusher better than Brown. How was Kinlaw in his rookie debut? How are you feeling about that trade of Buckner one year later? At the time of the trade, I thought the 49ers made the correct decision. Just And financial has a lot to do with this as well. You know, just money yeah. matters in the NFL. So they're trading him. Part of the reason they traded him because he wanted to be paid like one of the best defensive players in the NFL, which he is, and that's fair. So they traded him, and what we saw this past season was the same DeForest Buckner that we've always seen. And when you mention those, I believe they're called boss fronts in the football streets where there's three players on one side – it ensures Buckner getting that one-on-one. And when he gets that, there's no blocking him because he has space to work with. It's so difficult. And the 49ers tried to do that this past season with Kinlaw, and they just didn't get the same type of production. So as a rookie, Kinlaw left a lot to be desired because he was getting moved off the ball in ways in which Buckner wasn't getting. And he just simply didn't win enough as a pass rusher. And that's not fair to compare a rookie to Buckner at this stage. But, I mean, the difference between the two was very noticeable. And, um, I mean, Buckner is such an easy guy to root for as far as a defensive tackle. He, It seems like he only has one move, but he never loses when he uses that move, which, if anything, that's an FGG, right? You know the move's yep. coming, and you can't stop it. Yep. Yeah, that's like, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox with his club swim. Like, you know the club is coming, but it's going to knock your block off anyway. You're going to feel it in the opposite side of your jaw when he hits you in the left shoulder. So, and you're right with the financials. Buckner wanted the big contract, and he got it from the Indianapolis Colts. Four years, $84 million contract, and I think he is, in fact, uh, worth every penny. All right, so Kyle, let's move on to the other Ed's position, the last trench position here for our FGG. And we were kind of kicking ideas around before the show, and we were thinking about different guys that could, this could possibly be. I think some of the underrated guys in the league, I think like Ryan Kerrigan was one of those for a long time, right? Like double-digit sacks all the time, like low-key Hall of Fame pace type numbers. I think you look at Cam Jordan, you see like a lot of a lot of the same. Uh, what is it? Three years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. He had he had tr- uh, double digit sacks. Yeah, there it is. 2017, he had 13. Next year, he had 12. Had 15 and a half in 2019. Only had seven and a half this year. But I mean, the guy is just freaking good. 6'4", 287. The guy is an absolute tank. Uh, excellent pass rusher. And you mentioned before the show that there's something about his game that's very important for, for FGGs. What What is that? You have to be able to talk trash. So we know these guys are going to win, but let your opponent know. And Cam Jordan doesn't just do that on the field. He, if it, it seems like every time after, right after the game, you'll see his name on Twitter, just talking crap about the opponent, man. I love that. And everybody, like who doesn't appreciate that? We're talking about a game. We're talking about football. We are not. It's not serious. So for these guys to make light of it, man, that that just makes it so much easier to root for them. And I feel like part of the reason that we, we have Cam Jordan on this as well is, you know, we mentioned these these high end athletes, and that's not Cam Jordan. He doesn't. He's not going to wow you with his body type. The dude just wins, man. He wins a lot, and I'm willing to chalk up this season. That he, the reason that he didn't have double digit sacks is because Drew Brees noodle arm, and that's the only reason I'm willing to listen to. <laughs> I like uh, blaming everything that goes wrong with every Saints player on Drew Brees because I mean, look, yes, <laughs> he, he held the team back. Period. Point blank. Period. That's how it is. All right. I, I think another guy I was kicking around with you before the show was Chase Winovich of the New England Patriots. He's just like a quietly uh, solid football player, so I can I can get on board with him there as a potential FGG in the future. New England Patriots. Any other reason that he would be a potential FGG, Michael Kist? Scrappy white guy, right? Like, isn't that like a trope? There we go. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> Coach's kid, baby. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, like, he's I think he's one of the more quiet guys, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I missed, like, some crazy pressers from him or so on and so forth. But it's just like that guy that goes out there and gets it done and does his assignment. It's, it's, it's a total New England football type of guy. Speaking of yeah. New England, you got another guy that, that came from New England and bounced around. Who's, uh, who's, who's that linebacker for you? Yeah, it's Kyle Van Noyen. He can rush the passer, but he's an off-ball linebacker. He's going to blitz you. He's going to be a, a smart run defender. He's going to be where he needs to be. He is going. He's not going to make mistakes. And, I mean, we're, we're talking about stats and linebackers. He's not going to, you know, blow you away. He had 70 tackles this past season. Um, he's not going to have a ton of sacks. But, again, he does his job, and he does it at a high level. And I think he allows your defense to do a lot of things as well. And that is important to be able to trust the linebacker who can drop back and cover, rush the passer, play the run well, and not leave your guys hanging out to dry. I think just being able to do your job at a high level and to do multiple things makes you an FGG. And he has a Belichick background. So Patriot background, easy FGG for me. His Super Bowl against the Rams, I thought, was uh, a really impressive performance. I remember that one. He was all over the place. And he's not like this special athlete or anything like that, man. He just goes in there. Does the film work, grinds, all that stuff, does Jeff GG stuff, and uh, gets the job done. There's another guy that's, that's flashier for me that I'll take a linebacker just because I think he's underrated and not really talked about enough. And I, I think I actually caught myself during it, doing it during the season. But New Orleans Saints, we'll go with another guy from there. Linebacker Demario Davis. And like everybody always talks about Bobby Wagner, and I think people are catching on to Fred Warner as far as like the debates as as, as one of those guys or like maybe like the top two, top three linebackers in the league. Uh, Darius Leonard is kind of always in those conversations now, even though he's a little bit lighter in the pants than those guys and doesn't hold up as well in the box, but he's a fantastic coverage guy. I think Demario Davis does it all. And, and I think you need that in the modern NFL linebacker, able to cover, able to able to fill against the run. I think he's a top five guy and, and pretty consistently too a top five guy. You know, we talk about the Saints being held back. I thought they were the most talented roster in the NFL. And part of that reason when you look at that defense is because you have a guy like Demario Davis, you know, really directing traffic and, and just being an overall stud. So that's going to be our first and second level to the FGG all-star defense. When we get back, we're going to get to the secondary. We're going to have a very important question for Kyle here as we kind of rate these guys. That's coming up next here on the Palpably Unfair Podcast. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on the Palpably Unfair podcast, episode 25, the SB Nation NFL show, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Kyle Posey, and we're going through our football guy, guy, all-star defense, part two in the series. We did offense last week, we're doing uh, defense this week, and let's get to the secondary, since we already dealt with the defensive line and the uh, the linebackers. One of the things that's, that's really, really important for me, and th- this isn't my selection, but just to make an example, whenever you watch... Jalen Ramsey, watches his face mask around around his face because his mouthpiece is never in. It is always out. And I think to be a true FGG guy in the secondary, you either need to be like a like just be crazy crazy talented, or I mean, you could it could be both, but you need to be just one of the biggest smack talkers around. Like you have to be. Am I am I right, Kyle? Because that that's the defensive backs that I love. I don't think Ramsey shuts up during the game. I really don't. And you mentioned watching his helmet and watching his mouthpiece. His helmet's just always moving. Like, you can tell he's talking. So that's a great point. I feel like, especially in the NFL, guys, you're going to get beat. But just talk. Just talk, talk, talk. Get under their skin. And that's where my next guy going. Apparently, this is an all-Saints team. So we're going to go with Chauncey Chauncey Gardner-Johnson who was able to get a professional player to swing on him during a game while he had his helmet on. I feel like that alone should garner enough to get you on an FGG list. But Gardner Johnson was a stud this year. He only allowed 5.5 yards per target. He, as a nickel as a nickel cornerback, you have to be able to rush the passer as well or just be able to mix it up against the run, you know, show some fearlessness mixing up in the trenches. So he rushed the passer 31 times. He had a couple sacks. He's just mixing up. Uh, he had four tackles for loss. So, you know, he's, he's not afraid to get behind the line of scrimmage. He also broke up 11 passes. He did have one interception, but he's just a sound player. But most of all, he's aggressive. And even more so, he is aggressive with his <laughs> an aggressive smack talker. So yeah. uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson is my guy. You had another cornerback that I almost used in the slot as well. Uh, let's go to the NFC North. Who you got? Yeah, let's go with Jair Alexander, who is like the one of the team captains of the all all chirp team. He he's coming out of college. I mean, there's that clip of him against Florida State where he he gets the pass breakup and he's and he and then he does like the the little dance and that like all that stuff like right in front of the guy. Just like it was one of my favorite gifts of all time. Like I knew from that moment that I was gonna absolutely love this guy. Like I I knew you know being an Eagles fan, they were so far out of reach when I started hearing that he was gonna go in the teens. I was I was just inconsolable. Since so I I just I just love the way he approaches the game. I love the way that he talks. I mean and and two like. He's a doggone good football player. He might not shadow these guys all the time, but like, for instance, his quarterback rating when targeted last year, 68.3. That was top five in the NFL last year, even better than James Bradbury, who had a really solid season last year for the New York Giants, who might be up there with the FGGs. He would be there if Bradbury was known 
as a chirper. I, I don't notice Bradbury chirping enough. So, I mean, that's the career change that you have to make. You need a good agent to tell you, look, man, you got to have your mouthpiece out, helmet moving all over the place. Let, let's keep it in the uh, in the secondary. And I, I think this is another kind of chirpy guy, too. We'll, we'll go to um, cornerback. We'll keep it at cornerback. We'll keep it at outside cornerback. And we're going to go to Buffalo. Who you got there? And we talked earlier in the show that, you know, some of these guys are going to be the best players at their position. And yeah. in this case, Trey White. So we talked about this last week, too, with Rob Havenstein. So Trey White, he did not run very well coming out of the combine. And, and that's why he dropped a little bit in the NFL draft, because, you know, he, he wasn't a burner. But everything that he's done in the NFL level has just been phenomenal. This past season, uh, 6.8 yards per target allowed. He only allowed three touchdowns. He broke up 10 passes, had Three interceptions. Um, he's just phenomenal. Like as far as technique wise goes, there's no better cornerback in the NFL than Trey right. White. Like, he does everything to a T. You everything that he does looks like coaching tape, which you would present um, in a in a coaching clinic. He is that good. So um, we haven't really talked about you know the tech the technical side of things that, with the players that we mentioned, but I feel like Trey White. If you're making a list of just technically sound players in the NFL, Trey White would be near the top of that. So we have to let, name him on our FGG list. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree there with Trey White. And he's so clutch too, man. You see him in you see him in these games and the big plays that he has made for the Buffalo Bills over the years in key situations. I mean, uh, they were about to go down pretty bad against Miami last year and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I remember uh, Trey White coming up with a red zone interception in that game and really kind of saving their bacon. Uh, another game where the defense really stepped up for the Buffalo Bills and and White man just just an absolute stud, like you said, one of the best at the at the position and is going to be doing it really well for a really long time. Let's go to the uh, the last line of defense here when it comes to the defense. We're going to go to the secondaries. You got a couple of guys. I got one guy I want to shout out real quick because it's going to be someone that we might be talking about soon because he is an unrestricted free agent and we don't exactly know what the New York Jets are going to do with them. It is Marcus May. And and look, Jamal Adams got all the press in, in, in New York, especially, you know, with him being disgruntled there and rightfully so absolutely but wanting out and 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 whatnot and he was the the real flashy player but in his in his absence and like even when when Adams was there May was a really good player but in his absence I think May really stepped up his game uh versatile type of safety you can have him in the box you can have him you know in deeper zones I think he flies around the field I think he's a big time playmaker man he just has a knack and a nose uh for the football a knack for making plays and from from what you hear too he's a fantastic locker room leader which in the situation that you have with the New York Jets it's hard to be that type when things are so bad when Adam Gase is your head coach it's it's very easy to just kind of withdraw from that situation so Marcus May is kind of the glue that somehow is able to keep some semblance of order on that defense which really wasn't all that bad last year if memory serves uh Kyle let's go to the uh let's go to a couple of uh safeties that you have the let's go to the first guy because he's actually one of the guys that I really like and I, I like them coming out in the draft I think I had a late first round grade on him that's and where he ended up going and but his career was stifled early on by injuries and it seems lately he has really kind of found his game Kyle who you got yeah, so Jimmy Ward from the 49ers, he's, fans don't really appreciate him just because when you think of DBs, you think of turnovers and generating turnovers, and that's never really been his game. This past season, he didn't have any interceptions, and he has two in his career. So instantly they think he's not worthy of the contract that he just, uh, <laughs> that, that he just got. 
But that's not how football works because there is a lot more to the game than intercepting passes. So the 49ers are able to use Jimmy Ward as a slot corner on one possession. He will be the deep post safety on the next possession. And then two plays later, he'll be in the box and he will just mix it up. He's he's easily the toughest player on the defense, in my opinion. I think that there is there are not four safeties in the NFL that are able to do what Jimmy Ward's responsibilities are to do. Like he is that valuable to their defense, just from blitzing, from man coverage, playing zone all over, playing the low hole, you name it, he can do it. And he does it at a high level. It's one thing to be able to ask a player to do something. It's another thing to be able to execute that at a high level. And I think Ward and then my next guy, Tyron Matthew, Mm. a honey badger from the Chiefs, is another guy. Like these guys, he he's different from Ward because he is a ball magnet. But he's been a ball magnet probably since middle school, like probably even elementary. Who knows? Because every time he steps onto the field, it seems like uh, Tyron Matthew gets the ball. So he had six interceptions this past season, broke up four passes, only allowed one touchdown. Tackling leaves a lot to be desired, but (laughs) everything else, man, he's he's just an amazing football player. And I really don't think he's appreciated enough because, again – they use him as a blitzer, and he gets home. Like, he had four QB hits. He had six pressures. I didn't have any sacks, but he just always finds a way to disrupt the game. And then we were talking about the the, the versatility of these safeties. Both Jimmy Ward and Tyron Matthew, the, these co- their defensive coaches are able to use these guys like pull runners for cover, too. So they can do anything you want them to do and do it at a high level. That's what's most impressive to me. And it, it helps that Tyron Matthew is able to get the interceptions, obviously, the turnovers. Um, but just as far as value to a defense, it's really tough to find uh, better players than those two. I like all those points about Tyron. You, you mentioned the tackling. I mean, it, it's it's hard for a safety of his size, what, 5'9", yeah. 190, uh, to do what he's doing in the NFL, have the success that he's having. And, and it comes down to his instincts and, and the fact that, you know, you mentioned his game and, and Jimmy Ward's game being different. Tyron Matthew, I think, reads the game at a higher level. I also 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 think, like, he's got that risk-taker mentality. Well, he he will take a chance, whereas Jimmy might be a little bit more conservative. So Tyron can get burned every now and then, but, like, he's also going to make plays. Like, it's kind of like the, the safety version of um, Janoris Jenkins, who – you know, Ooh, we'll, yes, we'll, I love that. Attack everything, but get, give up a bunch of touchdowns. Also, have like a bunch of interceptions and have that ball production and whatnot. So, I really like that. You know, two safeties that came to mind while you were you were talking there because you were you're talking about safety versatility. You know, you got to be able to rock and roll your safeties. You got to be able to play in the box. You got to be able to be able to play deep. Sometimes you're asked to you know be the nickel. You know, you're asked different things in the run game to fill different alleys. I, I think two real football guy guys in a tandem that's super underrated in the NFL, uh, Micah Hyde and uh, Jordan Poyer of the Buffalo Bills. Just two super solid, very well-coached dudes. Don't do anything too flashy, but like always seem to get the job done. So there's two more guys that I will uh, throw out there for the list. Kyle, that does it for the FGG All-Star team. Both offense and defense are done now. Before we get out of here, you got any uh, last words for the gentle listeners? I will leave you with a hot take that Marcus May is better than Jamal Adams. I, You know what? I, I thought about asking you, and I totally forgot to do that because I thought that May had a better year than Adams, and I think May is – you know, he's more reliable in coverage. There were times where Adams just, like, looked lost. Is like, I don't know what I'm doing 20 yards down the field, uh, but it, it's certainly not what I, what I want to do. I want to come down here. I want to be blitzing the quarterback. Like – He's almost like an edge defender sometimes. Like, that's how much he's coming downhill, right? 
let's yeah, let's call it what it is. Like he he it doesn't seem like he has any interest in being anywhere um, beyond 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So that's not the case when you see Marcus May. He looks comfortable all over the field. And I mean, for we can go on and on about this. But for a lot of the reasons you just said, I would take May over Adams and not really think twice about it. I like that. And I like Adams, but like he just looks uncomfortable down the field sometimes. Can't help it. So I, I'm a big fan of Marcus May. Uh, we'll see like if he starts to get some more national recognition if he moves on from the Jets and, and right. they you know they, they let him walk and everything like that and he goes to a real contender because I think he could really open up some eyes this year. So that's going to do it for the FGG All-Star team. Both sides of the ball are done. I've been Michael Kist. That's been Kyle Posey. We thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that stuff to the SB Nation NFL show. We will catch you next week. In the meantime, go dominate. And Kyle, you go have yourself a day. 